Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, New Jersey Devils. We are joined again by our friend John Fisher from All About the Jersey, the New Jersey Devils SB Nation blog. John, how are you doing? <sighs> there, there it is. <laughs> it gives see, me life. <laughs> well, it may give you life. It gives the people who matter a lot of disappointment. And oh. disappointment eventually leads to apathy. For the New Jersey Devils are basically been in a competition as of late with Ottawa to be the the mm-hmm. worst non-Detroit team in the East. And the Devils proceeded to lose three winnable games post-regulation in their last three games. And it be- in each of these games, Kelly, each of these games, a competent team, like say, I don't know, Columbus, let's, let's use them as an example. They probably would have won all three games outright, or maybe they would have won two out of three. But the Devils, they shot themselves in the foot en route to dropping points in those games. And while the Devils are so low in the standings, it's a matter of principle at this point, Kelly. It's just principle that it's been disheartening and so deflating to witness it live or on television on the road. You would like to have a little bit of dignity with your losing. It helps. Yeah, I mean, say what you want about getting blown out. It's never fun. Anybody who says it is must be a fan of the team that won or they don't like the team that's being blown out. But at least it's decisive. You know it's not your day. When you blow uh, an overtime game because your former Norris Trophy winning defenseman decides, I don't need to cover the third man in a three-on-three situation. (laughs) Or you, you, you go to a shootout because you decide, hey, we're already up three goals. Let's give up four unanswered. And then miracle a last minute goal just to force overtime and then proceed to you know continue to get dominated in the run of play like you did for the majority of that third period which happened last night uh against the montreal canadians so as you've summed up so nicely here recently things have not been going great for the new jersey devils on the season as a whole not been great despite winning the offseason um And as a result, last month, uh, John Hines lost his job. Um, I want to ask you, has there been any noticeable change in the way this team has been playing since the interim head coach took over? I am very glad you asked that, Kelly, because I'm actually working on a post for Monday that will look at the statistical differences between the 26 games of John Hines of this season and the now 26 games of current interim head coach Elaine Nazardine. Also, is that Elaine Nazardine has been John Hines' longtime assistant, even going as far back as to their days with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. So this is a guy who has been in charge of the defense in New Jersey for quite some time. And amazingly, since Nazardine has taken over, the defense has basically taken off a giant leap off a cliff, falling like wild wily coyote, watching the CA per 60 rate just shoot up to terrible levels of like 63, almost Rangers levels. And you don't want to be at the Rangers level. No, no, not at all. The Devils, there's a sentiment among fans where they believe that the Devils have been more, I guess, for lack of a better word, prideful in that, you know, they're not giving up on games. They're trying to make comebacks. You know, instead of losing the game 6-1, they'll lose it 6-4, which is exactly what happened when they played Toronto a couple weeks ago. And I sort of get what they're saying, but at the same time, at no point could you look at this and say it's good. In fact, with the uh, shootout loss to Montreal yesterday, I'm pretty sure Mazardine's record is only two points better in his 26 games with the Devils than Hines' record. And this may shock and amaze you, Kelly, but two points isn't really that much of a significant difference, much less a difference that you could say is better. Um, 
the Devils have give up, still give up tons of goals. They don't score very many themselves. Yes, they're shooting the puck a lot more, but a lot of these shots are from low danger areas. So it's almost like, what's the point of even trying? The power play is still uh, erratic at best and and a waste of time at mo- more often. And the penalty kills remains to be the one thing that seems to be good, except if you look at the success rate in January, it was actually bad, but it feels good because they scored five shorthanded goals uh, last month. Oh, five shorties is pretty good. It met, it led the league in January. Nothing to shake a stick at. So right. you sound you sound like a, a Flyers fan circa two-ish years ago where everything is bad, nothing is good, hockey sucks, and life is over. Um, which, understandable, given the state of your team right now. Um, oh, that's right. I forgot to mention the other thing that happened last oh. month. This, was, this is arguably more important than John Hines getting fired. Ray Shero, the general manager, got fired. He did. Literally, literally hours before they went on to beat a Tampa Bay team that won 10 games in a row that Sunday, <laughs> which was stunningly weird. But this is it, it, it's actually worse than where the Flyers were two years ago in the sense that where the Devils are now looking at the trade deadline. They have an interim GM, an interim head coach, who I believe has no business staying in New Jersey. And ownership has only said, we got it. We got to stop losing. And the team is sitting in 29th. <laughs> okay, so I was I was actually going to turn to more specific game things. But since you brought that up, I kind of want to ask you. Um, so the Devils do have, I, I guess the question is, do you see them um, with a couple of guys currently running the team who will not likely be permanently running the team? Do you see them trying to move some of their better assets at the deadline to see if they can start to rebuild something in New Jersey? Or do you think that given the leadership situation, um, they're just going to stand pat and kind of try it all again next year and see what happens? Well, given that Ray Shera was very active in free agency and at the uh, in the trade market last offseason, it le- leads me to believe that ownership is tired of the rebuilding. They want to see some mm-hmm. results. And obviously they did not get that this season, which is part of the reason why Hines and Shero are elsewhere uh Heinz being in nashville and Shero, i don't know hanging on a beach somewhere i don't know i don't know what gms yeah. do when they get fired i anyway. mean they they get paid still so vacay i would imagine yeah seems like the best gig in the world i would love to fire me and pay out my million dollar contract be, be that as it may uh, those the types of people that take those types of jobs are the type of people that get really unhappy if they're not working crazy people <laughs> anyways uh to answer your question I think the Devils will make a couple moves. It's already been revealed by Elliot Friedman in his 31 Thoughts article that came out uh, today, uh, February 5th, that the Devils are interested in making some, quote, hockey trades, meaning they're not just looking to ship players away for the sake of shipping players away, like Sammy Vatnin, who's a pending UFA, Wayne Simmons, who's a pending UFA. Nobody's going to go for Kevin Rooney, but he's a pending UFA. It, it begs the question that, the, you know, which of these guys that maybe the Devils and more importantly ownership is looking at saying, look, this guy, if you're not going to build around this guy, see what you can get for him. Like I'm thinking guys like a Miles Wood or a Pavel Zaka could be unlikely figures on the trade block that maybe a month ago I would have said, no, they're not going to move him just yet. Or at least they wouldn't move him by February. It's really up in the air. You know, if if Shara was still in charge, I probably would say they're going to still be sellers in this way. You know, don't bank on Simmons being a devil anymore. Don't mm-hmm. bank on Batman being a devil anymore. And whatever spare parts you can get for Rooney or Domingue and his uh, terrible rebound control, you know, you do what you can. Um, 
But now that everything's up in the air and ownership is seemingly a little bit more involved than we all thought they were, it's going to be interesting. And as you know, it's a Chinese curse to live in interesting times. <laughs> Do you At think they should? The Chinese came up with that. I'm not positive. Maybe. I'm not it's sure. a proverb of sorts, and it's like one of those. What do you mean, interesting? <laughs> do you think they should trade Paul Mary? Not now. Yeah, I mean, he Next, is the best player on the team by a long stretch. Best, he is not the best player on the team Ooh. by a long stretch. No. No, I know he scored two goals against Montreal. Yes, he's as re- relevant to tomorrow's game. He's somebody you're going to have to pay attention to. Who is but the best player on the team? As of right now? Mm-hmm. I give you. The best player ever to come out of Plano, Texas, Blake Coleman. For the low cost of $1.8 million on your cap hit, he will kill you penalties. He will shoot the puck a ton. In fact, he had over six shots against Montreal last night. Did any of them go in? No, but he's the team's leading goal scorer. He's now tied with the Palmieri in that regard. And he will absolutely go hard to the net, whether it's a four check on a shorthanded situation, a five on five rush, a four on four situation. He's even been getting a little bit of power play time because the coaches have finally realized, huh, he's leading our team in shots and goals. Maybe he should be on the power play. And his shot is not bad. So he's definitely had a couple beneficial bounces, like the time he shot a puck at a goaltender's head and it bounced down and went through the goaltender's legs. By the way, that was a range (laughs) of Alexander Georgiev, you know, scrub status right there. (laughs) Nevertheless, um, Coleman has been statistically one of the devil's better players at five on five on a team that's been bad in five on five and his line in particular, Blake Coleman, Nikita Gusev and Travis Zajac, who have been together since the beginning of December. If the flyers are looking to keep the devils at bay, which wouldn't take a whole lot given how the devils have been playing in five on five this season, that's the line to key on. And Coleman is going to be a little bit more more of a handful than you might think, despite the fact he's not big, he's not a big name, he's not a big money player, he's 28. He will he he you will notice him eventually, and you're going to okay. go, oh, he's really good. Maybe we should get Blake Coleman. And I will say, no, don't you put that evil on me. <laughs> okay, so even when a team is absolutely abjectly terrible which Flyers fans have lived through relatively mm-hmm. recently. Um, there's always something that's going well. The Devils do win hockey games from time to time. So what is the thing that is actually exciting about this team or good about this team? The thing that leads to wins against the Tampa Bay Lightning. What is it about the Devils team that is good? So the thing with the Devils, I think a lot of it is mental and it applies to preparation. So let me let's let's look at the game yesterday, the game against Montreal. Even though they lost in a shootout and they blew a three nothing lead, they did build up a three nothing lead, and they played the pants off of Montreal for the first 25, 30 minutes of that game before they basically packed it in and sort of lost their lost their minds and lost the concept of competitive hockey in the third period. They, when they're at their best, their defensemen are joining the attack uh, um, smartly. They're doing so with forwards dropping back to help them out in coverage until they wind back around. They are wisely looking to make and successfully completing those long passes that break players into odd man situations or potential one-on-one situations, either with the goaltender or with the defenseman. And the team 
as frustrating as because I think it's a big reason why they struggle so much to create scoring chances is because they play a lot of their hockey on offense on the perimeter. Um, they are successful when they are able to win those battles. And if they're doing that well, then, you know, they will have sustained pressure. And when they do get pressure going, they can be a real handful as they start to build closer to the center. Defensively, you know, Kent, Kent Wilson's immortal line about killing rats and blocking shots really apply to the Devils. They firmly believe it's better to kill a thousand rats than figure out why you have a rat problem. Um, in that they just keep selling out for blocks. But as you know, if you block a shot and it bounces the right way, there's a free breakaway, there's a free two-on-one, there's a free opportunity that you otherwise didn't have. Um, that seems to be the devil's MO on defense. Uh, statistically and in results, it's proven to be a really bad strategy. But when the bounces are going their way, suddenly the devils are hitting you with um, odd man rushes that you otherwise would not have expected. So... If Philadelphia is going to come out of this game with, um, I don't know, a win, because, you know, it would be embarrassing if a playoff bubble team like the Philadelphia Flyers loses to a bunch of playoff non-hopefuls in New Jersey, Mm -hmm. you know, their defensemen need to be on point because the Devils don't cover them on defense. The point men need to be on target and they just need to be able to be smart out there, you know, make good reads on defense, you know, hold your position. You know, make good passes going into the neutral zone. If you can pressure the Devils' point men on defense, you know, that's a that's very helpful because the Devils keep going back to the point on offense. So, basically, if they can manage that, like a lot of other teams have, have done, that they will eventually have those opportunities to create offense, and they'll eventually find some success if they keep hitting it and the goaltender's not playing out of his mind, which is another core component of how the Devils win games. If the goaltender is playing incredibly well, hey, you know, you can get away with a lot of nonsense like the Devils have done and get a W. Uh, but in recent days, or recent games, I should say, the Devils have not had that. And as a result, otherwise winnable games have been undercut by some subpar goaltending from Domingue and surprisingly and hopefully not going to last from Mackenzie Blackwood. So I see that Nico Heeshear and Sammy Vatanen are not traveling to Philly no. for this game. So they will definitely not be in the lineup. Um, how big a problem is that for the Devils in this game? It's a problem for two reasons. I'll talk about Heischer first because this is the this is the common problem that you have with a player not being there, which is Heischer is really good. He's arguably better than some other guy I could name from the 2017 NHL entry draft. You know who I'm talking about. No, I'm not talking about Miro Heskinen. Anyway, Heischer is has been the team's top center. He has formed a very good line and a very surprisingly good line with Jesper Bratt and Kyle Palmieri in five on five play. His absence will loom large because he sure does play a lot in the power play in five on five situations, and he handles his business very well at both ends of the rink. So his absence is your traditional. He's not here, and therefore the Devils are weaker just because he's not here. Vatanen, on the other hand, a popular trade chip, by the way, he his absence creates a different type of problem. Vatanen's season hasn't been super good. The, he, I, I honestly think the Devils defensemen as a whole, if they were better coached and had better strategies and more more help from their forwards on defense, they wouldn't look so terrible by every metric that you can think of. And that being said, um, Vatanen's absence means that the Devils have to play we, worse defensemen. So guys like Mirko Mueller, who has had a terrible season. Connor Carrick, who has had... A terrible season. They even called up a guy from Binghamton, uh, Colton White, who is surprisingly on an entry-level contract, despite the fact he has not shown anything in the AHL other than being he's an okay AHL defenseman. He just made his um, 
season debut last night. I wouldn't be so surprised if he plays again tonight if P.K. Subban is ill again. And then when you add the fact that Carrick and Mueller have to play prime minutes and possibly White, on top of the fact of a defense you have Andy Green, who's clearly showing his age at 37, Will Butcher, who's having a really bad season after a very good uh, 2018-19 season, and the general foibles that you get out of Severson and Subban and their aggressive style as a play. So Vatanen's absence just looms large in the sense of you're now downgrading an already bad blue line. And that's something that if the Flyers are smart, and I have a suspicion they are, they're going to find that matchup that has Carrick and Mueller on it and just pound them all night long. And that may be fun for you, Kelly, but I'm not going to like any of it unless Mueller and Carrick play way better than I expect them to. Well... Here's hoping you're right about that. Because I will enjoy it. You're right. It'll be great. But could you and imagine, Kelly, that's the most if important the Flyers, thing. could you imagine if the Flyers blow this game to the Devils, considering I mean, what they're in the standings? It wouldn't surprise me at all, to be honest with you. But really? um, it would be, I mean, the Flyers are good for dropping one that they need to win. That's no secret. And uh, hopefully they don't. I, I kind of think that they won't. They've been pretty good at home. Um Nolan Patrick skated with the team, and I think that gave them a bit of a morale boost. Um, they know they need the points. They mm-hmm. had a players-only meeting um, centered on the playoff push. Um, really? So these guys, yeah, they're getting their heads into it, and I'm I'm hoping that they realize that this is two easy points that they can take. And with the Metro as tight as it is, you really can't afford to give up the easy points. So hopefully, you know, everything goes as it should, no offense, and the Flyers win this game, but you never know. Um, and that said, why don't you go ahead and give me a final prediction for the score? So I've been dead wrong the last two times I've been giving this prediction. Mm-hmm. And you know, Kelly, I run a hockey blog. I've, I've run all about the jersey and in its previous incarnation in the WeTrust. And I've been doing that since the Blogspot days of 2006. Ooh. So I, I'm basically an old man in this uh, realm of hockey blogging, per, per se. I'm, you know... And you know what I've learned over the years, Kelly? If you want to make it as a blogger or a content creator or anything online, or even in your even in meat space, the real world, you have to be strong to be wrong. You have to be willing <laughs> to put your mouth and your thoughts and so forth where your heart and your brain lie. And what type of fan would I be if I didn't want the devils to finally prevail in a rivalry game for the first time since last season, since the Devils have not beaten Philadelphia this season. Mm-hmm. So I am going to predict that the run of overtime losses is going to end on Thursday night. The game will go to overtime. Ew. Believe me, this this is going to be a three-point game, Kelly, which is fine <laughs> for Philadelphia because who cares if the Devils get an extra point out of this? It doesn't, it doesn't affect them. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ottawa fans might be interested. I don't know. Anyways, it's going to go to a shootout. And Jack Hughes and Nikita Gusev are going to win that shootout 2-0, like they did to Ottawa last Monday. Jack Hughes doesn't score goals. Don't be silly. (laughs) I see we're tempting fate already. Okay. Remember what I said about being, being willing to be wrong? Oh, I'm not. Because Hughes is likely going to center that top line with Brett and Palmieri tomorrow, since he sure isn't playing. I did see that the practice lines were as such. So yeah, that's what they ran against Montreal. Mm, okay. 
So there's my prediction. It's going to be it's going to be a shootout win for the Devils. And if you want to put a number behind it, since the Devils give up lots of goals these days, let's make it a 5-4 shootout win. 5-4 shootout win for the Devils. Yeah, because I don't I certainly don't respect Philadelphia goaltending. I mean, do you? Does anybody? Yes. yes. No, don't lie to me like that. <laughs> I am going to go all the way in the other direction. Uh, and I'm going to say I'm going to give and the only reason I'm giving this one goal to the Devils is because I will absolutely not curse Brian Elliott by saying shut out out loud. So this is going to be a 4-1 Flyers victory in Ryan, my opinion. Ryan Elliott's a goal. What happened to, you know, the starlet, uh, Carter Hart? He's hurt. Oh. He got hurt. Oh, that would explain it. Yeah. So Brian Elliott and his 90.3 save percentage overall, he, he's going to give up only the one goal. Yep. He's been outstanding the last few games. Mm. Very good. So look okay. out for that. Well, if you want to put <laughs> your money on Philadelphia goaltenders holding up over time, I guess you can try for that. I'm actually looking at it right now. I mean, not okay. over time, but over the last over a, a week or so, I will. Oh, I will he shut out Detroit. Yet. My mistake. He shut out the mighty Detroit Red Wings. Exactly. And he also apparently came in relief and gave up four goals to uh, Pittsburgh on the 31st. Or did he get shelled and removed? I don't remember. I think I've blocked that game out. It's okay. weird how that happens. <laughs> well, in any case. All right, John. Thank you, as always, for doing this. This was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. We've got the Devils at home at 7 p.m. Hopefully everyone enjoys the game. John, I hope even you enjoy the game, despite that the Devils are going to lose it. But hopefully you'll like it anyway. Um, yeah. Go Flyers. John, thanks. Go Devils. Thank you for having me.